0: دایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خلیل زاده عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خداداد
1: عزیزی پاسه توی زمین یکش فردارو به
2: توی دروازه دروازه رد شد گل بنام از بود
3: برای ایران خبرو
2: بزنه کریم انصاری فن گل توی هر
4: Welcome back to Global Zen Podcast, my name is Aria Leverdi. This will be a two-part podcast in which we will speak about the Group A draw took place last week. Iran was in the same group as South Korea, Iraq, UAE, Syria, and Lebanon. For part one of this podcast, we'll be joined by various journalists and experts from each of the countries. For South Korea, we'll have Paul Neat from the K-League United podcast. For UAE, we'll have Uh, From Adaf. For Iraq, we'll have Hassanein Balal from the Iraq Football Podcast. Syria, we'll have Saeed Jude from WinWin.com. And finally, for Lebanon, we'll have Ali Zinedine from Lebanon Football Guide. In part two of this podcast, we'll have our own discussion about the Iranian national team and we'll also speak about Scotchich staying with the national team, as well as answering some of your questions on social media. But for now, subscribe to us on the platform you're listening on and (laughs) enjoy (laughs) the (laughs) video.
2: Okay, I'm
4: joined by Ali Zanadine from um, Lebanon Football Guide here to speak about the Lebanon national team. How are you doing, man? Hey, man, you? All good. Um, appreciate you taking the time to come on, Gold Bazan. Uh, I want to ask you about the Lebanese national team. Uh, but before that, uh, can you just explain to the fans uh, your own social media account, Lebanon Football Guide?
1: Yeah, I've been working on this uh, since 2016. I'm also on, a journalist on Al-Akbar newspaper. Uh, the idea was just to put the light on the Lebanese football for the foreign people who are living outside of Lebanon, because there are like more like 15 million Lebanese people living outside of Lebanon. So there is, there is a lot of followers out there, and then it become, yeah it was a hobby, then it become a business somehow because of the websites and the ads and things like that. And we are doing fine right now, one of uh, two Lebanese uh, football accounts that are working very well. Excellent. Um, I'm
4: glad to hear that and. Um, Hopefully, we can have you on the podcast more often when we play the matches in September. Um, okay, first thing I want to ask you, Ali, is about the Group A. Um, give us your your reaction to being in, in the same group as Iran, South Korea, Iraq, for example.
1: Well, it's a tough group, but uh, I think it's easier than uh, than the second group. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's actually a surprise for us to, to be here. It's uh, Like, South Korea was there, and then we had to win one game and maybe four points will be enough for us. And then we lost the, the, the two games against Turkmenistan against and South Korea. And then uh, the other results were good for us and we qualified. We didn't prepare to be here. So it's a surprise for all of, all of us, like uh, the, the coach and the federation and fans, the players. And I believe we are not prepared for this. There's only two months and we don't have an energy right now. But uh, the fans are happy because we are playing against uh, the best teams in Asia. And uh, I believe the players also are happy because uh, they will play against stronger opponents. And uh, we don't think we will, we will qualify. But it's good for us uh, to like, have trainings if you know, we can make a new team before the Asian Cup in 2023. And we have also the, the Arabic Cup in, in December. Yeah.
4: And uh, yes, it's a good chance for Lebanon to actually play some matches regularly, I suppose. you know, And of course, like you said, the Asian Cup is coming soon. So they want to try and uh, prepare themselves the right way. Um, so um, playing against Iran, um, obviously being one of the higher ranked teams in Asia, what, how do you think the game will go? Uh, and, and finally, how do you, where do you think Lebanon will finish in, in the table?
1: I believe it's going to be the hardest game. Uh, home and away because like all the all the teams in our group, we, we have won against them in the in the past uh, 10 years. We won against Iran in 1-0, uh, I believe in 2013 with the uh, header and we won against the Korea and Iraq and, Su- and Syria and the UAE but we faced Iran four times in these past uh, 10 years. We've lost three times and it was big losses, you know, 5-0 and 4-1. Wasn't good for us. Uh, South Korea. We played three times in Beirut, and we won once and uh, came up to draws uh, two ta- two times. So we know them very good. But Iran is the strongest, I believe. Even though they lost two games two straight uh, two two games in the past qualifications, but they came back stronger. And I believe they are th- th- w- the games will be the hardest games even uh, even in Lebanon. Uh, we are not playing in our home, not in Beirut, like in Kamini Stadium, we're playing inside Sa- in and that's a weak point for us because the fans uh, are more likely to be in Beirut, not in Saida, since it's the capital. So we don't have really, we might even not the play there. So we don't have really like good points for us and Iran have a lot of professional players in Iran and outside. And uh, actually, Lebanese players living or out, playing outside of Lebanon are coming to Lebanon, and League Lebanon is really weak. So, all the, the, the games will be hard, but I believe Iran's game will be the hardest. Now, where we're gonna be? <laughs> well, <laughs> the last in the group, or maybe better. I believe we will win a game or two, maybe a maximum. Uh, depends on our luck depends on other opponents luck uh, what we're going to do if we're going to have a good coach uh, maybe not Lebanese coach and uh, prepare well but I believe like it's a good chance right? like I said in the beginning it's a good chance for us to to prepare for the Asian Cup but if we get like 5 points 6 points 7 points that will be enough uh, for, for the Lebanese fans
4: yeah Absolutely, and I hope you guys uh, do do well because um, Lebanon seem to have some good players, but they need to maybe get some success in the, in the national team. Okay, thanks very much for coming on, uh, Ali. I appreciate your time and I uh, hope Thank to speak you to
2: you Austin. soon. All the best. Thank you. Thank you. you. I'm good حساب کارو 3 میکنه Mehdi two in Mehdi I'm
4: joined by Saeed Jude, a Syrian football journalist. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you? How are you doing? All good. Thanks for coming. on Gold Uh Let the listeners know about yourself and what you do uh, for Syrian football.
2: Hi, good evening or good morning for all your uh, listeners. Uh, my name is Saeed Jude. I'm a sport uh, journalist uh, specializing in, in, uh, in football. I'm working as a chief editor in uh, winwin.com. I have my own uh, YouTube channel. it calls Footballizer. You can find me there. I'm speaking about all the stories and the news about about football. Also, you can find me on Instagram also on the same name uh, at Footballizer.
4: Fantastic. Excellent. Okay, um, so regarding the Syrian national team, uh, first of all, you guys are grouped in the same group as Iran, uh, with of South Korea, Iraq, uh, Lebanon, and UAE. Uh, give us your reaction to that group.
2: Actually, uh, I found it uh, so balanced uh, group. And, and football, you know, you have uh, all all the, the national teams has uh, ha- have the same uh, chances to reach to uh, the final, but uh, you have to take care uh, of Iran, uh, South Korea. Maybe they are uh, the most the most chances is for them, because you know when we are speaking about the big five in, in Asia. You are speaking about about Iran, about South Korea, about Japan, Australia, and Saudi Arabia. This is the big five. Now competing uh, in the same uh, group with with UAE, Iraq, uh, Lebanon, and Syria. I think it's it's a balance uh, for these uh, for for uh, national teams. UAE, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon have has have the same. Chances to reach to the to the finals to the World Cup in Qatar 2022, but they have to uh, to prepare so good for uh, maybe now now all all the national teams are focusing on the on their matches against Korea and Iran, but actually uh, the 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 small if if yeah if we can say the small Nationals uh, teams as as Syria and Lebanon will be uh, the the obstacles. They they will they will put the obstacles for uh, maybe Iran and South Korea. I think Syria. Uh, you know we, we, are, we are we have uh, Iraq and uh, and Lebanon and West of Asia uh, confederation and we they they know each others uh, also with Iran. Uh, I think Syria has, has to win uh, six points from, from Lebanon, uh, the same from, from UAE. Uh, the most difficult matches, as I, as I spoke, will be with, uh, against Iran, South uh, Korea, and she has the, to wait for gifts from the other uh, teams in the group.
4: Um, and obviously you, you said that, you know, obviously Iran being one of the stronger teams, how do you think yeah, the game will go uh, in Tehran uh, and also uh, back home in Syria?
2: Okay, uh, let me let me uh, remember all the, listener, the listeners that until this moment, until the 3rd of July, Syrian national team does not have uh, a coach after uh, the Tunisian uh, head coach uh, Nabil Ma'loul quit or decided to quit uh, his, his job with the syrian federation and this
4: was that, was, uh, that be- was that before or after the friendly we played in in march
2: no it it was it was after because okay okay uh, uh, the coach the coach nabil maaloul played for uh, five matches five friendly matches uh, he drove in one and uh, against uh, uzbekistan or he won uh, against uzbekistan and then he lose uh, he lost all uh, his his matches against Iran three three against uh, Bahrain uh, with the same uh, result. After that match, you know the journalists, the, the fans started to speak uh, to speak about about uh, the level of, of the players, about uh, how how the national teams appears against the the big teams of, of Asia. Um, to be honest, uh, in in football world. The chances it seems it seems uh, equal, but on the pitch, no. Mm-hmm. We we all know that that uh, Iran national team has the advantage to, to get the six points from the Syrian national team, Unle- waiting for the the name of the coach. Maybe he has some trick to, uh, to yeah. face Iran.
4: Um, yeah. And uh, finally, where do you think Syria will, will finish in the standings uh, in this group?
2: As I told you, if the Syrian national teams uh, succeeded to, to get six points from Lebanon, which is not easy. They, most, most of people, most of, of, our, uh, of our supporters thinking that, that the, the Lebanese team is the, is the weakest point uh, in this group. And this is actually not true. Uh, If they, if they can get uh, in the minimum fifteen points from this group, I think they can be on the second. They can uh, compete for for the second or the third uh, place. If they got less than this, I don't think that they they will they will be in the third or the fourth uh, the fourth uh,
4: place. Oh, fantastic! Hopefully, you guys can can maybe get to third place so that you know maybe we, so we can finish second or first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate your time, um, and I hopefully that we can speak again soon when you guys uh, have the game with us in September. Uh, yeah, and thanks very much for coming on.
3: The president of course that there is Batshoimahaz, Sardar goal! Sardar Iranian, so we can one our self-preference. Okay, I'm
4: joined by my good friend Hassan Mbalal from Iraq uh, Football Podcast. How you doing, man?
3: I'm very well, Arya. Thank you so much for having me back. Uh, who thought we'd be back uh, so soon after the last podcast?
4: Yes, uh, we were discussing whether or not to do another collaboration afterwards. Maybe we'd do it, but luckily we have a group together. So what was your first reaction to that?
3: Um, I was a bit happy if I'm honest with you, but you know, with time and reflections, I think it's, um, it's a good group. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been a bit better. Um, I was discussing it with one of the Iraqi players, uh, that play for the national team. He says, I'm crazy. He thinks the other group would be a lot better, but I, I kind of disagree with him. I think the group that we got group a, I think for Iran, it's brilliant. I think for Iraq, it does give us a chance, but I think it's more of an outsider's chance. Between, like, between playing Iran and Japan, with all due respect to you guys, I'd rather play Iran. I think Japan, that's six points guaranteed to lose. With Iran, there's a chance we could take something away from those games. Iran, undoubtedly, the better team. But you know, in, in games like that, where it's, it's such a big rivalry, it, it really depends on who turns up on the day and we've proven that we're capable of beating you guys previously. I'm hoping we can pull something out of the bag again. But, you know, like I said, take nothing away from Iran. They're, they're a very, very good team. I think on the second group, South Korea, uh, sorry, not second, the second uh, seed, South Korea, they've they've not looked amazing. Uh, I think we have a chance taking something away from them. But I think Australia, Some you could argue that they they would have been the easier game. And I would understand that. But, you know, Iran, uh, Iran, South Korea, I reckon on the day we could take something away from those games. Uh, then you look at the other teams, UAE, they're, they're a team that's hit and miss. They've looked very, very good in some games, but in other games they've looked atrocious. So I'm hoping we can, we can take some points away from them. They, we've played in the UAE a lot, especially when we weren't allowed to play in Iraq. So I don't think the, the, the away games would feel too away. Uh, if that makes sense. Then you have Lebanon, who I think we should be taking six points There, anything less than that would be completely unacceptable. Souria is the odd one where um, you probably definitely would rather play Oman. Surya they're, they're a well-organized team. They, they know how to defend properly. And I think that's where Iraq will need to fix up. Our biggest problem recently has been <clears throat> sorry, uh, our biggest problem has been breaking down defences. And against a team like Soria, if, if we are serious about qualifying, we need to be getting those six points. But it's going to require a lot of uh, improvement in our attack. And this, the thing is, for Iraq, there's so many question marks right now. Number one, we don't know if the, if the manager's going to still be uh, there for the new new uh, qualifiers. Uh, he hasn't officially left, but his contract has expired. We haven't hired the replacement and there's been a lot of talk about him not wanting to stay and uh, the Iraqi FA not wanting him to be here. But I, again, like I said, there's a lot of lack of clarity there. On the other hand, I think one of the other issues is are Iraq going to be able to play their games at home or is it going to be held in a neutral zone? Uh, I know that there's, there's all this talk about VAR and Iraq might not uh, be able to have VAR ready in their stadiums. What does this mean for their for their games that we play, et cetera. So it's, it's not going to be easy. And, um, I think without, without expats being reintroduced into the team, I really can't see us qualifying if I'm honest with you. And it pains me to say this, but I think if I'm being honest with myself, I can't see us finishing top three, maybe fourth. And it's, it's hard to argue we deserve better than that. The way, uh, We've been playing the last couple of games.
4: What do you think they have to do to do then to, to sort of finish, let's just say third place? I mean, obviously Emirates are not, are not a bad side. You know, as you said, they're not they're not not the best, but they're not that bad either. What do you think they have to do? Obviously, expats could be one of the things, but from now until until September, um, the Iraqi FA, they've got a couple of things they have to try and do, bring in a new coach and say, oh, they've already done that or not. You know, friendlies, what's their kind of what do you think the kind of objectives are?
3: It's really hard to say. Uh, The first thing we need to do is figure out the, the situation with the manager. Does he stay or does he go? Are we hiring someone new or is he going to remain as manager and have the complete support of the FA? There's no point keeping him and he's always looking over his shoulder knowing that he's, he could be fired uh, on, on a cuff, basically. So we need to make a, a solid, determined decision. Do we keep him or or do we let him go? That's the first thing. And the second thing, I think, as you mentioned, is the expat situation. We need to improve the squad in terms of the quality and the depth. One of Katanich's biggest flaws um, as previous manager was that he had about 12 or 13 players he trusts and nobody else. And I think the biggest issue we're going to have in this next round is that those games, they're going to be challenging and they're going to be back-to-back. It's all good beating Iran when you had to play Cambodia before then and you could rest your players or you could play at 60% and get a win. But when you're playing Iran and then South Korea the next week, you need to have a lot of depth in your squad. You need to have players that can come in and be fresh and that are at optimal fitness levels that are match fit and ready to go. And if I'm honest with you, the players playing in the Iraqi league, they don't meet that criteria. You have players playing in Europe that their their fitness is always 100%. They come into those games having trained at the highest level. And they're ready to to offer a much better performance than players that are playing in the Iraqi league. And like I said, that's not the only issue. The issue is that from those players that Katanich picks, it's only a select few that he brings on. And as you saw with the Iran game, substitutes were late because he just doesn't trust the players he has on the yeah. bench. Yeah, and I think that's going to be a huge issue.
4: All right, man. Listen, I appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully, um, you know after when the games are played I think in September so we'll have you on uh, for then but for now I appreciate your time and uh, hope to hear from you soon.
3: Thank you so much I wish you guys the best of luck in the campaign hopefully Iraq and Iran do qualify side by side but uh, we'll wait and see. Alright man take care. Take care bye bye.
0: we back in onside and upstairs. Reza.
3: It's onside for sure. And Juke Ginnachab, just where he needs to be, and not at home. That is, well, it's harsh on the UAE.
4: Okay, now I'm joined by Wild Jabir, a good friend of the podcast. How you doing, my friend? Very good, Daria. How are you? Oh, good. Thanks for coming on. Um, just explain to our listeners about your, your own work
0: and how they can find you on social media. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I, was a, I write about uh, Middle Eastern football, uh, focused on the UAE and Saudi Arabia a lot. Uh, you can find my work on places like Arab News, like the Asian game and a few other websites. And you could follow me on, on Twitter on Wa'il Jabir and mainly Iron Ahdaf, which is a digital content provider based in, in Dubai. So we provide digital content for football clients across across the Middle East. And that's A-H-D-A-A-F, Ahdaf. Um, perfect, so
4: um, obviously um, you're, you live in the UAE, live in Dubai, uh, so we've brought you on to speak about the Emirati national team. Um, so can you kind of give a little bit of a reaction to the, the group that was announced um, last week and you know how you think UAE will fare against like likes of Iran and South Korea?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting group, to be honest. Uh, I think there positive and there are areas where it could have been better. I think definitely the, the perspective from most people in the UAE was that it was good to avoid Japan, even though in the previous qualifiers, the UAE actually beat Japan in, in Tokyo. But uh, there is a sense that, of course, Japan are probably the strongest side in Asia at the moment. So there was a bit of relief with that. Lots of people, I think, would have preferred to to face Australia than South Korea. And I think, yeah, with, with Iran, for me, the case is that it was either Iran or Japan, so I think a lot of people were more comfortable with with facing Iran than, than Japan. I think from obviously the other side of uh, the other side of the draw for me is that at the bottom end you had uh, you had of course the option between facing Syria or Oman. I think lots of people would have preferred to face Oman. Syria can be at times a difficult opponent to face, even even when they're playing away from home. Uh, between Iraq and China, uh, I don't think uh, people would make much of difference personally for me, I think I would have preferred China to Iraq. Iraq can be a tricky opponent, and I think fans of Iran would know that from previous encounters with them that it's it's a difficult team to face. So yeah. overall, I think yeah. I think it's it's a balanced draw for the UAE. With I would say more positives than negatives, really.
4: Um, and then obviously, just speaking on the the UAE national team, so how have they been getting on recently in, in the qualifiers leading, leading up to these to this draw? Um, I know they've obviously they've got a decent squad. You know that's why they were in the
0: third pot. But what what have they kind of improved on? Yeah, I think it's been a a game of two halves, to so to speak. Uh, obviously, the first part of the qualifiers back in twenty nineteen, it, it was a bit of a mess. Uh, and thus, in that first half, the UAE lost to Thailand and lost to Vietnam, which uh, two results which were not expected. And since then, there was a lot of managerial changes. Uh, but interestingly, once the, the qualifiers restarted, the UE were back when, where they started, because in 2019, they had appointed uh, Bert van Marwijk. Uh, he led them through the first half of the qualifiers, and he was actually sacked in December 2019. From then on, two different managers uh, were appointed in 2020, but both were gone before the qualifiers restarted, and they decided to reappoint ben, Bert van Marwijk. Which is an interesting, an interesting tale. But I think the second half of it, uh, obviously, it was a big boost that the UAE hosted the rest of the group, and from then on, it was, it was smooth sailing. They won their four games. They, they scored fifteen goals in their in the in the remaining uh, four games, and I think the team has improved significantly. I think uh, it was a wise decision to to reappoint Van Marwijk again, and I think him personally, I think he benefited from or he learned from the mistakes of the first half of the qualifier. So he made some changes to the team, uh, especially at the back. And I think that helped the UAE significantly. Yeah, definitely. Um, and obviously,
4: one of the things that comes from this draw is the question of who's hosting the competition. Um, a lot of people w- were thinking that maybe if we got South, Korea, um, Saudi Arabia, um, they would be the hosts. But obviously, UAE are now in the group, so there's a chance that they might host it. What's your kind of uh, knowledge on that?
0: Yeah, I think uh, maybe we need to take it a step back because I'm not sure it's going to be hosted in a centralized uh, location. I think there is a good chance that uh, yeah. we'll still be yeah. home and away, uh, especially obviously the deciding factor here being the FIFA windows because obviously the, the qualifiers need to be completed by March next year. So the question is, would there be an opportunity for for the teams to be gathered in a centralized location for, I would say three weeks, which is or, or maybe even more than that, whichever the duration that will they will need to to run the whole stage. But I think if, if it's going to be played over over three or four different uh, FIFA windows, I don't see a point of it being hosted in one location. So for me, I think I'm inclined to believe that it will be home in a way. Yeah, I think we, we
4: hope so as well <laughs> as Iranian fans. So so having said that, having having the games, games be home and away, um, how do you think the UAE will fare
0: against Iran? Yeah, I think honestly, uh, if I'm being completely honest, I think Iran is too strong for the UAE. And I think whatever results the UAE gets against Iran, if they do manage to snatch a point or two, that would be a huge advantage. But honestly... I don't see it happening, and I don't think it should matter to the UAE. Uh, for me, the way the group is set up, uh, the games against Iraq and Syria will be the critical ones. Uh, the way I see it progressing, I think the first two spots are between Iran and South Korea. Uh, I, I'm not expecting any surprises there, even though in the obviously in the earlier phase of the qualifiers, we've seen we've seen Iraq beat Iran, we've seen Lebanon hold South Korea to a draw. And I'm expecting some of those results to happen. I'm, I think still Syria, UAE, and Iraq, they will take some points from from the top two teams. And yeah, I don't think it's going to be smooth sailing for Iran and Korea. But I think come the end of the qualifiers, it will be Iran and South Korea in the top two spots. So UAE's focus for me is to go through the go through as third place and then go into the playoff. So yeah, so, so I was just going to ask you that. Then so you believe that. UAE will will finish third. Yeah, I think they have a huge advantage because in the last uh, in the last couple of qualifiers, the UAE were seated in fourth place, and and then that meant they would have, in addition to one of either you know Iran, Korea, or Japan, Australia, they would also have Saudi Arabia in the group, which made things a bit complicated. But the fact that they were ranked third here uh, is a huge boost to, to their chances. And I genuinely believe if it comes down to a playoff between the UAE and Australia. So I know we're discussing this group, but looking at the other group, I believe it's gonna be it's gonna be Japan and Saudi Arabia who go through. So I think in a playoff between the UAE and Australia, the UAE have a have a good chance, especially having Van Marvik, who's a former Australia coach in charge. Yeah, exactly. Uh, while I appreciate your
4: time, thanks for coming on, Gold Bazan and hopefully you can have you on for the next um, matches
0: coming up in September. Thank you very much, Arya, and good luck
2: to Iran and all Iranian fans. Iran, <laughs> one.
4: Okay, now I'm joined by Paul Neat uh, from uh, the K-League United to uh, speak to us about the South Korean national team. Paul, how you doing, man?
5: I'm very good. Thank you for having me back on the show.
4: I appreciate it. I appreciate the time. Um, first thing I want to ask you, obviously, is about your own uh, podcast and all the work that you guys do with K-League United. How can people find you?
5: Yeah, we are um, at K-League United. On Twitter, we're on Instagram as well, and on Facebook as well. So, uh, yeah, do check us out. We have a weekly podcast, it usually comes out every Thursday, but you can watch it live. Ryan, the host of the main podcast, he uh, does that live on Tuesdays usually. But uh, there's been quite a lot of midweek games, and obviously with the Asian Champions League now, um, it's been a bit difficult to do that. So, um, But when things get back to normal, yeah, they'll be uh, back to uh, the live episodes on a Tuesday night.
4: Yeah, and hopefully when the uh, Champions League starts back, um, we'll maybe have you, one of us, on on the podcast as well if you face an Iranian team. Um, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, For sure. Uh, So just obviously uh, Iran for the the third time have been grouped to South Korea. Uh, um, What is your first reaction to Group A?
5: I thought that it was a good draw, with the exception of Iran, obviously, because Korea's record against Iran isn't very good, um, to put it quite politely, actually. um, Just three wins, I think, over the 16 meetings. But the rest of the draw, I think, has been quite good for Korea. I think they did well to avoid Japan and Saudi Arabia and also Australia. I think um, it will basically come down to the head-to-head with Korea and Iran. I would expect both teams to pick up comfortable results or wins against the other nations in that in that group and it might just come down who who can break the others down when when the two teams meet
4: yeah and and obviously you know as i said before we have faced you guys this is the third time that we're going to face you guys but what what has changed in the south korean camp um obviously we know that you still have some of the the best players in the team like obviously young and so on but Mm. what what's changed over these last last couple of qualifiers
5: well, I think, obviously, the manager's changed um, since that first time around, well, since the last time around. In fact, I like think there was two managers in charge. Um, at the German, was in charge, I think, for the first meeting in Iran. And then there was uh, Shin Young who took Korea through to the World Cup uh, for the second time around. So, obviously, there's been a different change in terms of the philosophy and the mentality. Paulo Bento is a manager now. And he's got this uh, philosophy that um, he, he's very, very... Not rigid, but sort of confident in his beliefs that Korea should be playing this certain type of system. They um, he only brings in players who he thinks can can add to that. There are some players that he's left out. So, for example, Kimbo Kyung, who's he who was the MVP in K a couple of years ago. Where we you know he, he played for Ulsan and Book. He's not really been able to get back into the into the full national team setup. He. He has his favourites, um, but I think that is quite quite good in, in one sense because it, it just shows that he, he has this belief in the players that he has. He doesn't really call up too many different players. It, obviously, with um, what's happened recently with COVID and stuff like that and, uh, and, and and certain travel restrictions for the European-based players, he has had to bring in some sort of new faces into the squad. But he doesn't really venture too far out from the sort of core 25 players that, that he usually calls upon. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, I think, under the, the, the old regime, there was never really much evidence of a clear plan. The players didn't really, I don't think, n- know what was expected of them. Uh, it was a little bit ad hoc. It wasn't really very co- cohesive. But under Paulo that there, there's a clear philosophy. He likes to play good football. He likes to play expansive football. And they've looked good in some games. Obviously, South Korea have always had this issue of, of uh, trying it hard to break teams down and make it difficult for them. But in certain games, like, for example, in the uh, the qualification matches just a few weeks ago uh, against Turkmenistan, they won 5-0, as you would probably expect. But the press here were very impressed with how they played. Obviously, they, they won 5-0. You would expect them to sort of score a few goals against Turkmenistan. But they played very well in... in doing so and I think when he has his full team available because he hasn't really had all of his squad available for one reason or another for the past few international matches that he's been having to, to lead the team in, into once he does have his full squad available you, you, you will kind of see uh, just, just how good they, they can be on their day yeah I mean obviously we know how
4: strong they are and um, and when we did play South Korea in the last couple of qualifiers, it wasn't easy. I know we did win some of the games, but it wasn't easy. Um, How do you think South Korea will fare against Iran this time around?
5: I think it, it, well, I I suppose it depends where the games are playing. If it's going to be, you know, the sort of normal way of playing home and away, then obviously I'd, I'd be quite concerned going away to Iran. Korea don't normally get much um away from home against iran and i just think that uh it will probably be quite low scoring affairs like they were last time um and yeah i, th- I just think iran are, are the team really the career will will have problems against they find it difficult to break them down i don't think that they're really used to that kind of style and um but if they can play them at home and away the home game I think under this management, they, they should do better than last time. That that nil nil draw that we talked about um, at the tail end, at end of last year, they should be able to do better than that, just because they they create more chances now. But away from home, I am I would be quite concerned that it's going to be a, a very very difficult fixture.
4: And you know, we have a, a fairly you could say easy group if you want to put it that way, um, having. Drawn with all the sort of lower rank teams in each of the each of the pots, uh, excepting Iraq was the only one who was the higher the highest pot team. Um, where do you think South Korea finishes? Second place?
5: Um, probably. Yeah, I think it will be second unless they can get a good result away in Iran. Most of the teams that they're going to play, they have got the, the the better record against. Iraq is probably the only one where it's only slightly, they, they've I think played six and only and won three and lost two. So they slightly edge it. But with the others, I think you'd be fairly comfortable. I, I mean, against Syria, so they've got a good record there. They haven't lost against Syria in their last six meetings. Lebanon, they, they beat all, only just, uh, it was a 2-1 a, win at home in the last game of the qualifying in round two. But it, they made it very difficult. They, you know, as you would expect, Lebanon sort of got men behind the ball, made it hard. And they, um, in fact, Lebanon took the lead in that game and it probably was the best thing for Korea because it woke them up a little bit. Um, then they had to come out and be a bit more expansive and, 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 try and be on the front foot. Um, but yeah, I think most of the teams really, the, their, their record is pretty good. They only lost once to the UAE away from home. Um, and, uh, Yeah, I just think most of of the opposition Korea should be fairly comfortable against and it's only really Iran that would be the major issues.
0: Yeah,
4: hopefully hopefully Iran (laughs) do keep that issue and and they actually do get the result. But I appreciate your time, Paul. Um, Hopefully we'll have you on uh, when the qualifiers uh, actually get played.
5: Yeah, sounds good. Thank you again. Cheers.
4: Okay, thanks very much for listening to this episode of Global ZAM podcast. I hope you enjoyed the various journalists and experts on the countries that are going to be in the same group as us. We'll be back very, very soon with part two of this episode where we speak about the Iranian national team as well as answering some of your fan questions. So make sure you're following us on social media and subscribe to us on the platform you're listening on, and we'll see you very, very soon.
5: Hi, it's Dr. Craig Duncan, and you're listening to the Gold Bazaar Podcast.